by Govanen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and in this video we're going to be getting really geeky because I'm going to be talking about games. Specifically, I'm going to review the Lord of the Rings trivia game. This is not Trivial Pursuit Lord of the Rings Edition. Very big difference. This game, unlike the Trivial Pursuit version of Lord of the Rings trivia, is all about the book, whereas the Trivial Pursuit game is all about the movie. And like most Trivial Pursuit games where there's at least one category that nobody ever knows the answers to, that one has a category that's basically about the appendices video uh, supplement to the Lord of the Rings movies that covers a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that most people don't really know anything about. This book, I mean this game rather, is all about the books themselves. If you've read the books, you theoretically can know the answer, whether or not you've read the appendices or anything else. So this game, in my opinion, is a much better one for true Lord of the Rings geeks because, let's face it, what we really care about is the underlying story, not the movie. The movie trivia is fine if you just want to get together with people who have only seen the movies, but if you've read the books and you love the books and you've read them about 15 times in your life already, and you really want to test your knowledge of the books, this is the game to own. So without any further ado, let's get to the review. First, I want to talk about the components. This game is not the most high quality in terms of the components of the game. It's not bad, but it's it's not like some of the more um, really high quality games that have come out in more recent years where you can buy a basic version of a game and the components are just absolutely beautiful and whatnot. It's still kind of a step above your typical like Monopoly or, you know, things that you can find in just a regular retailer anywhere. Um, but anyway, let's kind of take a look. These are your little moving pieces, kind of small, but there's your Hobbit. They come in different colors, obviously, to distinguish them. They've got the trivia cards themselves, which have three questions per card. And then the front shows kind of some requirements that I'll get into later. There's also a die, which has different symbols. It's not just a numbered die, but it's a decent little die. It's it's wooden, it's not plastic, and that, that's a, kind of a nice touch, but it's it's pretty lightweight, and so it feels cheap, even though it's not really you know, a typical plastic die. And then you've got these little story or event tiles. This one is for Lothlorien, and then it, you know, it's, this one in particular is the test of Galadriel, and it also has some requirements, and I'll get into that later. Um, the little tiles are kind of a, they're an okay cardboard stock type of tile, but nothing special. Uh, the cards themselves, the cards are pretty thin, but, I mean, if you actually look, if you could see the entire game, you could see why they would have to be, because there are a ton of cards, and that's part of the reason I like this game, is there's a ton of trivia questions you can go through. So those are the basic components other than the board. And let me show you the board. It's a decent sized board, so that's good. It is a three section trifold. And of course it has different regions on it that correspond to the different event tiles that I just showed you. So there's Lothlorien, there's Mount Doom, there's Rivendell, there's various different positions on the board and there's requirements for moving and whatnot that I'll get into a little bit later. But those are the basic components of the game, and now I can start talking about how the game is played. 
So the basic way that you progress through the game is you have what are called resources. And there's different ones. There's movement, there's uh, rings, there's some different ones. But the main point is you have to spend enough resources to make it to the next area of the game board, which the, for example, the beginning, it takes very little to move from bag end to the village of Bree. It only takes one little movement icon. Once you do move, then you get to answer a trivia question. And the trivia questions are laid out in a specific order. You got one, two, three, and that uh, has to do with the difficulty of the question or the resources that you gain for answering the question. So if you answer the top question on this card, you get three of the sword icons. If you answer the second question, you get two movement icons, so forth. So once you move, the question is drawn, and then the person asking the question will ask the person who gets to answer it what difficulty level or what you know resources they want to go for, basically. So once that's decided, then you get to decide how to answer the question in the first place, and you'll notice that the answer potential answers to the question, there are four. One is in brackets, one is bolded, and the other two are just normal text. That's because the bolded answer is the correct one. The one in brackets can be added in to make the question slightly more difficult, which comes into play depending on, you can. it's essentially a harder way of playing the game, really. I don't think it affects the gameplay, but um, the main point is if you answer the question and you get the resources that are associated with answering the question and then you can move again if you have enough resources to make a second move, which eventually you'll run out. It's almost impossible to maintain enough resources to move forever. Um, but the more you try to move, the more dangerous it gets because if you move multiple times in one turn and then you get a question wrong, you go all the way back to where you started. The only exception to that is there are a few areas called havens, Rivendell being one of them, and those are designated in green, as Rivendell is here, and those you can never go back farther than the last haven you passed, which is helpful because that means you can try to make multiple moves and not lose all your ground at one bad question. So the uh, certain areas also have special uh, events tied to them. If you choose not to try to answer a question, you can rest. And uh, if you try to rest, then what you do is you roll a die, and then you get whatever the result is. So if you rolled this, you'd get two movement icons. I'm holding that sideways. And then the uh, there's a tree symbol here on one of them. And the tree symbol relates to some special little... They call them event tiles. I don't know why they call them event tiles, because most of them are not events like a lot of the ones at Rivendell are just the other members of the fellowship like Loss and Gimli for instance so they're not really all events and so I don't like calling them event tiles but anyway they give you some sort of advantage for instance the hat symbol essentially means that you can succeed at an easy or medium level question without having to give an answer you just pass it um, and then there's other things, too, that do different things. The challenge tiles, which I think I accidentally called event tiles earlier, those are drawn at specific locations based on whether you land on certain areas have uh, an eye symbol or whatever. And 
the I symbol there delineates the level of question that you have to be asked. So green is easy, blue is medium, red is hard. Some of them have those, some of them don't. So here's an example. Well, there's a lot of them, but there's an example of a, a red eye for a hard question. And then there's some of these event tiles that are actually just helpful. So you get Elven Rope in Lothlorien, perhaps, instead of, a instead of being asked a question, you just get a resource. So different things can happen based on what you draw by luck of the draw. So the... Uh, <clears throat> That's kind of your basic gameplay. The idea, of course, is to get to the end the fastest. Uh, there's some level of resource management involved in the sense that you have to kind of take it slow. You don't want to burn all your resources because once you get to Mount Doom, it really does start to eat up your <laughs> eat up your resources because you can actually there's ways you can take damage from some of these event tiles. So, for instance, um, this one this one imposes a cost of three rings just just to even answer the question uh, but there's also other things involved so I mean by the time you get to the end you're you're fighting not only difficulty of questions you're also fighting really extreme resource management issues so that's a, it's a pretty simple game the instruction booklet is actually just a, it's a trifold kind of like the board is it's not a whole lot of information it's relatively simple so that's more or less how the game is played. Now I kind of want to give you my thoughts on how I like to play it and what I think of the game overall. So my take on this game is positives are it's based on the book trivia, not movie trivia. It doesn't have any of that crazy weird stuff about behind the scenes stuff that you'd get in the appendices DVDs. So you don't have to worry about any of that weirdness. Um, the other things that I like about it are you can change the, di the difficulty of the questions by adding in multiple by adding in the extra um, potential answer or um, you can even make it more difficult just by choosing to answer the more difficult questions. I mean, you can do it any way you want. You can even disregard the board altogether if you like and just answer trivia questions for the fun of it, which frankly, that's kind of the way I like to play because the rest of it just seems like a distraction from the real point, which is testing your knowledge of Lord of the Rings. That's really what we're here for, right? Um, it, in all honesty, having played both ways, I can tell you the, the, the main method of play where you actually have to progress on the board and spend these resources, effectively all that's there for is to make it easier on people who aren't as well versed with Lord of the Rings to keep up with people who know their Lord of the Rings backward and forward. So if I'm playing against somebody who doesn't know that much about Lord of the Rings, they can still more or less keep up by dint of all the accidental things that can happen through random tile draws and the costs of progressing through the game that come with different questions and whatnot or just moving. Really, almost all that is is a way of evening the playing field between people of different levels of Lord of the Rings knowledge. And so I don't really like to play that way. You obviously kind of have to if you're playing with somebody who really does need that to keep up because it's also not really fun to just go in against somebody who doesn't know Lord of the Rings that well and just smash them. I mean, that's not really a test of your knowledge so much as just you get to, you know, be, haha, I know Lord of the Rings better than you. You know, that's no fun. But the main point I'm getting at is if you have a bunch of friends who actually all know Lord of the Rings really well, 
then you can play this game without the board and just kind of keep score of, you know, who gets how many questions right. And, you know, you could even make it harder than the game makes it by instead of reading out the options for the answer, just ask the question. So, for instance, who searched for Mary and Pippin when they did not arrive at the Houses of Healing? You know, you could answer, you could give the answers of Gandalf, Aragorn, Faramir, and the Herbmaster. The Herbmaster, really? <laughs> Some of these answers are really pathetically easy. And that's why, in, in a lot of cases, I think it really makes more sense for people who really know the stories to just not even give the potential answers and just ask the question. Because then you're really testing your knowledge. You're not limiting it. Because the way the question is worded, in this particular instance, who searched for Mary and Pippin when they did not arrive at the Houses of Healing? And you might not remember that off the top of your head, but when you read the answers, Gandalf, Aragorn, Faramir, Faramir rather, and the Herbmaster, you're going to know it's Gandalf because there's, you, you, or at least you, you might know that it's Gandalf because you'll likely remember that Aragorn never went out and searched for anybody. He was just there healing people the whole time. So depending on the level of knowledge of the people you're playing with, it might actually be better to just skip the, you know, reading of the potential answers and just have the person use the best of his knowledge to answer it. Now, I mean, in some cases that may not make much of a difference. Sometimes it's still easy, but in my opinion, it makes for a different level of play if you, if the people playing are all up to that level. And you can even just choose to make it difficult, more difficult for people who have more knowledge so that other people can keep up in that sense. So, I mean, a real expert, you know, somebody who really does know their Lord of the Rings backward and forward, don't give them any potential answers. Somebody who knows their stuff pretty well, but not as well, you know, give them four answers. And then for the people who don't know it that well at all, give only the three that aren't in brackets. You know, I mean, you can do it any way you want. And it makes it so that you can kind of level the playing field even without going through all the rigmarole of resource collection and all the other steps involved in playing with the board. So uh, that's kind of my philosophy on playing the game because I bought the game so that I could do trivia. I didn't buy the game so that I could manage how many move tokens that I have. That's just me. Um, so anyway, at that level, I really enjoy the game. If I have to play it the other way, where you actually have to deal with the board and movement tokens and all that fun stuff, or not so fun stuff, uh, then it's not, I don't enjoy it as much, because it, it feels like I'm being distracted and hampered from really enjoying what I'm trying to do, which is have a trivia game. So I think it would have been, in some ways, better served by a mechanic that's more similar to Trivial Pursuit, where you're just moving from question to question to question, and you just have to get enough of them or, you know, like a Trivial Pursuit, you have to collect the different pies at the specific location. Whereas here, it's all about just moving in a progressive line. You just have to have resources. And, you know, I'd rather just have the Trivial Pursuit mechanism where it's, it's more luck-based as to whether you land on the right spot and get the right question than to have to deal with all that because then it's just you're dealing with too many too many extraneous things to enjoy the trivia. But anyway, that's just my take. Other than that, uh, I will just say the um, the actual artist for this game, it's not John Howe and it's not Alan Lee. Those are my two favorite artists. In this case, it's Ted, Ted Nasmith. Um, 
Ted Nasmith is a pretty good artist, but I don't like his style as much. Um, largely because he tends to make everybody's faces really ugly, in my opinion. Uh, that's just me. If you like Ted Nasmith, then you'll love the artwork. But um, that's kind of my, other than the gameplay mechanics, my biggest critique of the game. Uh, is just the the ugliness of some of the characters' faces because Ted Nasmith just does them that way. And I don't know why, but there you go. Um, other than that, I mean, because you can play it more or less any way you like, because, you know, you don't really have to play with the board, I really recommend it if you're looking for a real trivia game. The only problem is you can't play it by yourself as well because you, you'd have to be able to cover up the answers to read the question. So you can't can't really um, play it just solo reading questions unless you're very careful about scrolling down to not reveal the answer to yourself. But if you have at least two people and you both like trivia for Lord of the Rings, it's a pretty good game, and it's you know it's it's definitely better than anything you're gonna get anywhere else. As far as I know, this is the only one that does. Lord of the Rings trivia based on the books, and to me, that makes it worth picking it up all by itself. So, there's my take on the game. So, that's the Lord of the Rings trivia game. Game designer, by the way, in case you're searching for it and having a hard time finding it, is Christian Peterson. That's Peterson with a P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N, not with an O-N. So, it, that's the game designer. The name of the game is just J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trivia game. So... If you uh, really want a board game that does trivia for Lord of the Rings and you can't find a good one, this would be the one to pick up. So, if you enjoy that, or if you think it's worth learning about some more board games out there that are based on Lord of the Rings, please like, share, subscribe. You can also follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore. And until next time, this is the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore channel. Namariye.